0: brother jim and amanda attended a little event that angie and i were hosting um and since he's starting to do some sermons on generosity he asked me if i'd speak a little bit in just a few minutes and uh i told him i would and um a couple of years ago me and angie got involved in a organization called generous givings and through generous givings we host an event twice a year usually in the spring and i mean in the fall and Maybe one early summer. Um, and it's called a journey of generosity. And what a journey of generosity is, it's it's a, it's an event that starts about you know, I guess on lunchtime one day, goes through that evening, starts the next morning at about eight thirty. By lunch we're gone. So basically a day. And it consists of four to six or seven couples, and um, and what we do is, is, is we watch, we'll watch a video. We have a, a moderator that, that oversees the event, and we watch videos of, of examples of giving, of great generosity, and then we discuss them, and we we'll watch videos and discuss them and stuff. And, and Angie and I attended our first one in Memphis a couple of years ago. And the guy that was hosting the event was a guy named Alan Barnhart, and he was actually one of the speakers in one of the videos that we watched. And, and in that video, he's given his testimony about his business. And, and in year 2000, him and his brother bought um, a crane company from their parents. And, and when they first bought it, you know, him and his brother got together, and they're, they're both just avid Christians. And they decided that you know, this is not our company, this is God's company. So they started out on the grounds that you know, we're going to set a modest income for, for our families. And in the excess, we're going to give to kingdom-building organizations. So the first year, do they had $50,000 left over at the end of the year, so they gave that to kingdom-building. So through the years, they kept building on that and building on that. Now they're currently giving over a million dollars a month to kingdom-building organizations. Now, this is a huge company. So that was one of the videos we watched. And that, you know, that's big-picture stuff. That's a lot of money to be given to the kingdom. And then the next video we watch is about a a little lady, and she is a cook in a bakery, and um, she makes around ten dollars an hour, and she's, a, she's probably upper sixties, and she is saving to buy herself a car, and she saved about five thousand dollars, and and her boss, the owner of the bakery, knew what she was doing, and um, came in one day and asked her and said, you know, how's your how's your car fund going? And she said, well, she said i Kind of got to start over. She said, I, I, I ran into this family that was, was really on hard times. And she said, God just laid it on my heart to give away my car fine. So she gave that to the family, and she said, well, I'm starting back at zero. So the lady that owned the bakery was really touched, and she went home and started talking to her husband. And long story short, they ended up buying her a car. But so you know, you, you can see the, the the dynamics here. You got a you know, 500 million dollar company and a lady that makes 10 dollars an hour, and they both were able to give um, something that was very meaningful. You know, and Sharon's talked about this right here. You know, giving you know, it, it's kind of a frame of your heart. You know, it, you know, you can give. It ain't all just about monetary things. You know, it, it's it's time and and effort and um, in your presence. But, um, you know, one of the things that is important that, that um, Angie and I learned by going through this thing is that um, what each of you have and what I have is not mine or yours. It belongs to God. It's your home, your car, you know, your, your family, your life, basically, is a gift from God. So, you know, understanding that aspect of, of how we do things helps in the giving part of it. It's kind of like the parable of, of the talents. You know, the master gives the, three of his servants talents and then he leaves for several years and he comes back and the the one, the first servant, the second servant, both of them have invested and they brought him back, give him back more than, than he was given. Well, the third one didn't do anything with it, buried it, and brought it back and gave him exactly what he had and he was very upset with him. And you know, that's what God has done with us. He gives us, all that we have and he expects us to be able to give and and take that and reap and to expand his kingdom so i just wanted to share that with you and i'll leave you with this um this little verse that's um from second corinthians uh, chapter seven verse eight it says but just as you excel in everything in faith in speech in knowledge in complete earnestness and in your love for us See that you always excel in this grace of giving thank you
1: really quickly the that joy of generosity event is is wonderful and if you're interested in doing that Amanda and I went uh, with Greg and Angie and they would there would be you'll be doing more right uh, coming up soon so it's just such a I mean it was it was just a heart warming, beautiful, so good for our marriage, our faith, our lives, and just to be together. So I'd encourage you, uh, maybe we can let people know, You just, if you want to be a part of that, let me or Greg know and we'll let you know. Uh, so we are in the midst of this sermon series called Remember, and, and here's, here's what it's about. Um, you're probably glad today because it's Communion Sunday, uh, I mean, I've only got a few minutes to preach, I'm talking about giving, you're thinking this is a perfect recipe, that's a great day, it's good, right? Um, but what we're talking about this over this sermon series is what holds us together as a church, what holds the church together really around the world, um, and it's the promises that are made. We're not a church because we are bound together by these walls, or because we just so happen to be in the same zip code, or because we show up at the same hour together at 11 o'clock on Sunday. Uh, we are the church held together by the promises that are made, the promises that God makes to us. I will be your God and you will be my people. The promises that we make to God as we profess our faith in Jesus Christ, where as we repent of our sins, we say, I am yours. And then the promises that we make to each other as we commit our lives to be in this community of faith as professing members of the congregation. That makes up the body of Christ. The promises that we make before God and one another, those are what hold us together. The things that we share, that we vow, uh, that we uh, allow each other to hold us and inspire in us. When we join this particular church, for example, and any other United Methodist Church, uh, we make a promise, five particular things that we promise. We say, uh, I will faithfully participate in the life of the church with my prayers, with my presence, with my gifts, with my service, and with my witness. Those are things that we say, I I feel God calling me to be a part uh, of his work in this congregation, and I lovingly and freely say that I will do these things, and you will do them too. And we can expect one another uh, to share in that joy. And so over the past few weeks, we've been taking each one of those promises and just exploring it to remember and reinvigorate our call to it. And today we talk about our gifts. There are so many things that we can give to be generous about. Uh, time and talent and uh, spiritual gifts and energy and of our material things. Now, next week, as we talk about service, we'll be talking more about time and energy and gifts and material or, and uh, uh, things of that nature. Today, as we talk about gifts, we'll be talking about our stuff, the gifts of our stuff. And remember, when we talk about this, because I know some people have some hang-ups about talking about money and giving in church. I get that. Some people have really uh, experience some bad stuff, but when we do this, I want you to remember that we're talking about something that we have made a promise to do, that we freely and willingly chose to do, um, not as something that, as we'll hear Paul say in the scripture in a moment, that anybody in the church throws down on you as a commandment, but as something that really becomes the joy of our heart as we practice. So I want to invite you to hear the word of the Lord. I'm going to read from one of our student gift Bibles today, uh, from Second Corinthians chapter 9, verses 5 through 10. It'll actually, interestingly, pick up on the same story that Greg shared with us a few minutes ago. So I'm going to invite you to hear that word. And this is, remember, the Apostle Paul writing to a church group in the city of Corinth. So I thought it necessary to urge the brothers to go on ahead to you and arrange in advance for this bountiful gift that you have promised so that it may be ready as a voluntary gift and not as an extortion. Now Paul has a way with words, that's kind of funny to me. Verse 6, the point is this, the one who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and the one who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each of you must give as you have made up your mind, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to provide for you with every blessing in abundance, so that by always having enough of everything, you may share abundantly in every good work. As it is written, he scatters abroad, he gives to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. God, bless the sharing of your word today, that the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts would be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. Amen. Amen. So Paul is writing to this church community in Corinth, and what what he lays out, uh, he's talking about a particular part of his ministry. You may or may not remember the Apostle Paul. He traveled the known world uh, after he came to Christ and to spread the good news and to plant church communities all over, Um, and that's really uh, instrumental in how we even have our faith and church today. But along the way, Paul had a ver- another particular part of the ministry that he talks about a lot. He was, as he went from place to place, collecting a gift for the churches in Jerusalem because they were on hard times and were in the midst of beginning to experience persecution. So as he went from church to church around the known world, he took up an offering that he would then take back to the church in Jerusalem for their needs uh, when he returned. And this is such an important part of his ministry that in one-third of Paul's letters, which make up a lot of our New Testament, Paul references it directly. It's an important part of his ministry to give. In fact, as he's talking about um, writing to the Corinthians, he's saying, look, uh, I'm about to come, and I just wanted to send some people before you so that you could get ready, because you have promised. That's what he said. You have made a promise to be a part of this gift. Now, I also love what he says. He says, He um, I say this to you not as a command, but as a test of the sincerity of your love. So the Corinthians had made a promise, a willing promise, welling up from their faith that yes, we will be a part of this gift. And Paul says, remember, this isn't something that I command you, this is something that is done uh, as a test of your love, as a response of the love of Christ, as you said you would. Just like we say that we will as we join the church. As We stand before uh, people after we've made a decision that I want to be a part of this congregation as a member. uh, We stand before people and say, you can count on me for these things, and I can count on you. And one of those things is our generous giving. And now, we do that for two reasons. Paul talks about those reasons really in this passage. The reason that we invite one another to promise our gifts are for two things. First is because giving and generosity are vital to our growth in faith. Giving and generosity are vital to our growth in faith. It's not even really about the gifts themselves. You'll see that all through Scripture. There's a, It's not about whether somebody gave a certain amount or a certain thing or didn't do this or didn't do that. It, it's, it's a heart orientation. You can see that in verse 10 uh, when Paul says, God who supplies the seed to the sower and bread for food, will supply and multiply your seed for sowing. It's a metaphor for forgiving. And increase the harvest of your righteousness. You see, the generosity in the scriptures is intimately connected with our spiritual growth. It's intimately connected with our spiritual growth. Why? Because the church needs money and it's a guilt trip? No, that's, that's somewhere else. I'm sorry if that was your experience. It's because God is generous and our goal in spiritual growth is to grow more and more in the image of God God is generous I mean you are alive How many of you before you were born chose to be alive You didn't because you weren't alive to choose it's a gift Raise your hand if you earned the oxygen you're breathing today You didn't well you may okay it was given to you It was given to you Our very lives, the air we breathe, the food that we eat, all that we have, our salvation, our comfort, our joys are all gifts of God's grace given to us freely because God gives. And you see that no more clearly uh, than on the cross where uh, God became flesh in Jesus Christ and gave himself up as a ransom for the world. You see, when we want to grow in faith, Our goal is to reflect Christ in the image of God. And we are never more like God, who is generous, than when we give in generosity. We are never more like God than when we give. Our generosity is intimately connected to our growth because when we give, we are moving things from the throne room of our heart, pushing them aside and allowing God to take up residence there. Jesus says, don't worry about what you will eat or what you will wear, etc. Uh, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of this will be added to you. God will provide for your need. I'm thinking as an example, I can think of three things right now that if you said, Jim, I require you to give up this thing, that I would be like, oh, I don't know. Just something like this and things in my house and things in my wallet, and I'm like, I don't know. Do you know what that says to me about me? I hate to admit this in front of you because you're going to ask me this week. It says that whatever those things are, that they have more authority over my soul right now than I've allowed God to have. That's what that says to me. And so in order to grow in generosity or to grow in our faith, we, we practice generosity with God's help. And when we stand before one another and when I stood before a church and joined the Methodist church, I said, you can count on me to be the kind of person that is seeking to grow in faith so much that with God's help, I'm, I'm going to move other things out of the center of my life. And you can count on me that I'm trying with God's help to do that. You can count on me that I'm always on the road to trying to move material things out of the center of my life and let God take the throne. You can count on me for that. And I can count on you for that. That's what we say. Because generosity, we give because it's important for our, our growth in, in our faith. And the second reason is because God uses our giving to make an impact for the kingdom of God. Uh, God can do anything, right? God can do anything. And God is at work in the world. Do you believe that? I do. Nobody else. It's just me. That's fine. I attest to you. God is at work in the world. You know what's so interesting about God? God chooses, instead of snapping a divine finger to do whatever God wants to do, God chooses to work through people. God wants to use you and God wants to use me. Look in scripture. All of the people that God used to make a difference in the world, God wants to use us. And I think about when Jesus called Peter to be a disciple in the gospel. Do you remember the first thing Jesus asks Peter for? He says, can I use your boat? Because Peter had a resource that Jesus needed to do his ministry. And when Peter allowed Jesus to use that, it impacted the world. Jesus uh, calls us in the same way to utilize what, what he has given us to impact the world. We don't give because we need to keep these lights on. That's, do you know why we have these lights? So that in this moment that we can have what we need to be formed as Christian people to go out in the world and impact the world. We don't have these for us. We could worship in the dark. Why, why do we have this space? So we don't need to keep the lights on. We don't need to pay the bills. We, need to, we give because it changes the world. We give because God uses it to change the world. You see that most frequently in our tithes and our offerings, is one of the ways that we share that the most. but it's not just given to the church. It's about God using the gifts that we give to change the world. Think about this, if our church wasn't here, this community would be less served than it is. Our gifts and our service, they help people have food and clothing in our community. They help provide ministry that helps people come to Christ and grow in faith. Uh, For people of all ages, whether they're a part of the church or will be a part of the church, we help people know Jesus Christ. In Glenville, in 30427, and around the world through our support of missionaries that are, one, currently ministering in Fiji and another uh, in Africa. Our gifts help change the world. And so we say when we join the church, you can count on me to be the kind of person that recognizes that God has given me a chance to make a difference for the world and so we give because it's good for our faith that's why we that's why we promise to be generous and also because god will use our generosity to change the world now i recognize we're painting with a broad brush today because we're short on time and some things do paint a detail need a more detailed brush to paint with i understand that i just want you to to remember sometimes sometimes it's going to be harder to give than others don't you recognize that Sometimes you're going to have to give your give because you're going to have to choose to, not because you want to. Sometimes it's going to be hard, and that's okay. Those are growing pains. And sometimes we need to recognize that you're not going to be in a position to give the way you really want to. And that might make you feel insecure or wonder if you're um, less than, and that's not the case at all. Everybody runs across those situations. It reminds me of the story of the widow's mite. Do you remember Jesus tells this story? Uh, I'll try to tell it quickly. So he tells the story of these religious leaders in the temple, and they're making an offering in this big metal trumpet-looking offering thing, and they're dropping their gold in there, and it's just making all these plinking sound, plink, 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 plink. It's like when you win at Chuck E. Cheese and you dump the quarters in there. Uh, it's just gold, and it's almost like the, the, religious, the religious leaders want you to hear that. It's like, look at how much I'm giving to the temple. And then Jesus says there was a, a widow woman, and she went up, and she had two small coins all you could hear when she did this is plink, plink. And Jesus knows something that the crowd he was talking to didn't know. He said, he said truly I tell you, uh, that woman has given more than all of the rest of these because she gave out of her poverty and all that she had. And so sometimes you just need to remember to do what you can do and what you choose to do and just prepare your heart to grow in generosity as your ability grows. There are so many ways to give. It's about your heart, not about the gift. It's about God taking up residence over all other things. And so we promise our gifts. And I would like to leave you with a word that Paul shares with uh, the Corinthians here in chapter 9 to close out our message today. Uh, He says this. Now may God supply the seed to the sower, and the bread for your food, and supply and multiply your seed to increase your righteousness, that you may be enriched in every way for your great generosity, which will produce thanksgiving to God. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. May it be so for us. And now we have an opportunity to just be in the presence actively of the great gift of Jesus who is generous. As we come to the table, I want you to think about the generosity of Jesus and the sacrifice that he made in the past, the way that it affects our lives now, and the fact that this meal of Holy Communion celebrates what God will be doing in the future. And so may that impact our generosity. I invite you to turn with me in your hymnals to page number 12. Uh, this will be a double hymnal day. If you were singing out of your old hymnal, you are